Welcome to the breakdown on Latte Firm. Arsenal are interested in Manchester City and Brazil centre forward Gabriel Fernando de Jesus. And I am really excited about this one because we've had many breakdowns over the past few weeks about strikers like Darwin Nunez, Tammy Abraham, Dusan Vlaovic to name a few. But Gabi Jesus is one that really interests me. Today, joining me on the firm is Joao Castelo Branco, a good friend of mine, courtesy of ESPN Brazil. Joao, welcome to the firm for your first time. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. No, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, we met, we were just saying, quite a few years ago next to the Burkamp statue when I was filming a, a piece about the, the old Arsenal, uh, you know, the successful days when we had trophies. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's great to be here. I, I'm an Arsenal fan myself, so it's always good to, to chat to the fans as well and get involved in, the, in these sort of forums. So let's do it. Thank you very much, Joao. And anybody who's interested in following Joao, he obviously he works for ESPN Brazil. His Twitter handle is just going along the ticker there. It's J underscore Castello Branco. Joao, I suppose the first question is, by way of introduction to people who are watching maybe you for the first time, uh, tell us about your involvement in, in, in Arsenal, but also ESPN Brazil. How did you get involved in, in covering Brazilian football? Uh, well, all my family are journalists. I'm obviously, I am from Brazil, even though I've been here a long time. You can hear from my accent. Um, now I sound like a Londoner because I moved here when I was 10 years old, grew up in Camden Town and went to school uh, not far from Finsbury Park in, in, in Tufnell Park. So a lot of, you know, a lot of the kids there were Arsenal fans, a few Spurs fans, but I think I chose the, the right side of things. Um, went to Highbury a few times with a couple of mates. Anyway, um, always enjoyed the atmosphere of English football from when I arrived. I actually arrived in England in 89 when it was the classic, you know, Arsenal unforgettable moment um, when we won the league in, in Anfield, uh, Michael Thomas. So, yeah, Arsenal was always something that I enjoyed following. Uh, and I became a journalist. I've got a family of journalists so I had that sort of running through my veins. Um, I started as a cameraman here, but I always had a lot of contacts in Brazil. And as the sort of Brazilian contingency started growing here in England, more players arriving, I started getting a few jobs interviewing them and, and filming them. Uh, and eventually I joined ESPN Brazil, who have broadcasted the Premier League to Brazil uh, for I don't know over 20 years so um, I've been really lucky to be at the right channel you know we've got the rights to the Premier League all this time um, so I've been following the Premier League for about 15 years as a as a reporter and, and video maker and yeah and still going for now Good. I mean, look, it's it's great to have you on board because obviously of your your background, your closeness to, to ESPN Brazil and of course Brazilian football, and it's an added bonus that you're an Arsenal fan. Um, I suppose the opening question, Joao, is Arsenal are obviously in the market for a centre forward. Uh, I mentioned at the start of the feature that we've been linked with a whole host of names, and I expect that to continue over the next few weeks. But Gabi Jesus stands out to me as a real no-brainer of a signing. But what are your thoughts on him as a striker? Is he the sort of profile of player that you'd like to see come to Arsenal? It's not an easy one for me, to be honest. I think he's a great player. I think I can see why Arteta would want him because he's such a dedicated player. You know, he, he, he plays for the team. He hustles. He reminds me of Martinelli a bit, that energy that he puts in. And, and it's a real, it stands out, that the energy that he has. You, you see him towards the end of game, still chasing back, running, winning the ball. 
that's why his managers love him so much. He puts in a, a real hard shift. Uh, however, what is it that Arsenal want? You know, are we think is this the striker that we're signing? Um, then I have some doubts because he prefers to play as a winger, and he's ended up playing as a striker in in some clubs and for the Brazil team at different points. But it's never really worked out amazingly, um, and he's not. You know, he's never been a sort of 20 goal a season kind of striker. So, and on the wings, we've got decent players. I mean, Saka, you know, he plays more on the right. So, I don't know. But I think, yeah, it, I would say it's a good signing if we get him. But I would still want us to get a striker as well. Do you know what? I think your conclusion is pretty much about where I am. You know, I talked about him being a no-brainer just because of profile. We'll look at that in just a second. But... I'd be very content with Gabby Jesus if it was with one other. Like if we're looking for that talismanic number nine, that target man, you know, the the, the guy who's going to, you know, net you all the goals, that killer in front of goal. I'm not sure Gabby Jesus matches that criteria. It's However, it's funny that we we say that after he's been banging in the goals, isn't he? He's, <laughs> he's like the last week, I know. But, is, but is, that's not usual, is it? usual but again we'll look at that as well but i just think if we're looking for that sort of player but if we're looking for a you know a versatile sort of wide player someone who can play across all front positions then i think it'd be a really useful addition to the squad so let's have a look at his profile on screen now you should be able to see some basic information about him and what we know about him is that he's uh, a center forward by definition on on websites but he likes to play right wing left wing as you say he's just turned 25 as well and that really surprised me because it feels like he's been here for, for, for so long we know he's a Brazilian international. He's got a number of games, number of caps for the international team, and his, his goal-scoring rate is about one in three at international level. He's not the biggest or most imposing of figures. So five foot eight, he's you know obviously lean and strong, but he's not you know he's not a, a, a tall figure by any stretch. Predominantly right-footed this season in the Premier League, he's had eighteen starts, seven appearances off the bench, and he scored eight goals. Of course, you know majority of those have been in the last week. It feels like. Um, so 205 minutes per goal. But actually, if you look at back at his Manchester City career, it's about 160 games and about 60 goals. So, you know, sort of one in three is his ratio as it is for the national team. He's got eight assists. And most interestingly, Joao, his contract expires next year. So that, for me, indicates that either his agent is making this noise, linking him with a move to Arsenal because he wants a new contract, or there's a real opportunity for Mikel Arteta to sort of pounce for him, given that City are probably going to go for, for Erling Haaland. I want to look at his childhood. You know, um, it's really easy for me, Joao, to come onto this channel and sort of say, do you know what? The Brazilian footballer learned on the streets, humble upbringing. But this genuinely is the case with Gabi Jesus. His father uh, left home from a very young age and his mother was working as a maid and sort of brought him up. And he was introduced into sort of street football. And you can see a couple of images there of A, him in his young Brazilian days, and then B, sort of helping out, preparing, painting the streets in preparation for the World Cup that was held in Brazil a few years ago. Talk to me about his upbringing. I mean, what is it like to grow up in such an environment in, in Sao Paulo, learning that sort of street football culture? Because it's a big part of their heritage, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a very typical uh, Brazilian footballer profile where he grew up in one of the very poor areas, uh, a favela, and had a, a difficult early life. Um, you know, his father wasn't really around. Um, and yeah, started playing football in, in the streets in, in this favela. However, 
um, he did start quite early going to little clubs in those areas, you know, and then they're pretty organized, sort of sometimes um, concrete or kind of earth pitches, you know, not grass. Um, but football's taken very seriously. And so he wasn't just playing like on the road, on the street. There's, you know, little kind of um, small clubs for, for kids or for, for those areas. And quite early on, he was spotted and went to professional clubs to, to be in their, you know, in their academy, uh, Palmeiras. So it, it's not like a, I don't know, a player that grew up in the street and, and that's where he learned his football. I mean, obviously that's where he started, um, but he quickly went into a, a system, an academy system. Uh, he would he played for Brazil under 20s, under, eight, uh, under 18 maybe, but definitely under 20s. Uh, so he's got a lot of experience of, of having a, a football formation. It's not like a, a street footballer, but but yeah, these are the beginnings of a Brazilian footballer. It's quite humble beginning, difficult life. And I think this does give these kind of players a lot of drive, you know, to because becoming a footballer for a lot of these kids is the only way out or one way out that they can see which is something that they can achieve. Uh, so th they really want to make a success of it. They want to help their family, in his case, particularly his mum. Uh, when he does the celebration like that, that's um, because he used to always call his mum after the game. So that's that's Aww. a dedication to, to his mum. His mum uh, is very close to him, moved to England with him at the beginning to help him out. Uh, so he's got, um, yeah, a tough upbringing, but I think he... Yeah, football really helped him keep him on the right path. You know, there's there's obviously in, in those areas, there's a lot of crime and, and, and drugs, but he's a real dedicated professional from a young age. You can see that. Yeah, and I like to sort of dig into the background of a, of a player just because I think it tells a lot about one's character. You know, one's upbringing can reflect almost his personality. You talk about the hunger, the desire, the way out of, of what life might have been like. And I love the way you mentioned his, his mother. I didn't know that about his celebration. So I love that story. Um, but, you know, his mother is well known for being almost that critic on the on the touchline. You know, when he was at young camps, young, young tournaments in Brazil, his mother would always be sort of giving him advice and giving him a hard time about missing chances and stuff. So it's a really nice story. And the fact that he's now burst onto the scene, sort of, you know, Palmeiras was his was his educational sort of background in football. Then, of course, the big, big move into Europe, uh, I think at the time Barcelona were linked with him, but Manchester City ended up sort of getting him. Um, he obviously came to England. And I think that the picture on there, and I deliberately chose the image of, of him and Sergio Aguero, because I think a lot of the confusion, probably a poor word, but a lot of the, um, uh, let's just say, uncertainty about whether Gabriel Jesus is actually a really top centre forward or not, is because he joined City at a time when they had Sergio Aguero, who was absolutely outstanding. And I kind of feel for Jesus because he was almost in the shadow for the longest time. And you've seen glimpses over the last few weeks and last few days in particular, of what he really can do if he's the main man. Um, talk to us about his time at Manchester City, because obviously to join such a successful team, to play under Pep, and to be the understudy almost for Sergio Aguero must have been difficult for someone early in his 20s moving into a different continent. Uh, I think yes and no, because at the same time, if you arrive at a club and they already have this guide, this striker, 
you don't have to be the main man straight away. You know, he he came without such a heavy burden of having to be that guy. They had Aguero. But when he came, actually the beginning, he was flying. He was doing really well. He he ended up putting Aguero on the bench pretty quickly um, because he gave Guardiola what Guardiola wanted and made, forced Aguero to become more of that kind of player who runs back, who chases. And, and Guardiola always wanted that a bit more from Aguero and Gabriel Jesus sort of pressured Aguero into it. Uh, I think it, what's been difficult for him is that he has often, again, going back to the positioning, he has often gone to places where they really needed a striker. Uh, Man City, because Aguero was getting older, they were looking for a striker to replace him, like you're saying. Uh, at Palmeiras as well, he because when he was there, he scored so many goals at a youth level that, that everyone just looked at this guy. Oh, he's going to be the next Ronaldo. You know, he's going to be a, an amazing striker. He, he scored so many goals at youth level. He sees himself more on the wing. He thinks he, he's better for the team playing as a winger. He was doing really well. And then he got injured. I don't think it was so much the shadow of Aguero because he was getting games. You know, Aguero was already having a strange relationship with Guardiola where he wasn't playing all the time. And Gabriel got opportunities, but he wasn't always scoring. That he, He'd miss a lot of chances as well. You know, he'd, he'd be working hard, but he was young and he wouldn't always take up his chances. So we have to remember that he uh, he's not that kind of killer striker. He hasn't proven that, but he is only 25, like you're saying, and he's been improving all the time. This is the thing. So he, perhaps he still can be a really good and he is a really good finisher, but his sort of goal ratio could increase. Um, but I think at City now, he's finding his best foot because Guardiola in the last couple of seasons has played him more out on the wing where he prefers. But let's take a closer look at his playing profile, Joao. So on this screen now, we'll be able to see some comparative radars that compare certain aspects of Gabi Jesus's game to strikers across Europe's top leagues. And immediately the one that sticks out to me is shooting that top left. You can see that actually he doesn't compare that well because he's not that prolific goal scorer, that killer striker, as you mentioned. But if you look at some of the other traits, like receiving the ball and what he does with it, creating, um, you know, passing, carrying the ball, you can see that his, you know, his, his, uh, score is actually really quite high compared to, to other forwards across Europe, and that tells me more that he's a he's a he's a team player. He likes to get involved in 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 the sort of creation of goals. He very much likes to connect forwards. I mean, we talked about you talked about his time at Brazil. There was a time when he was keeping Bobby Firmino out of the team as that sort of false nine uh, in Brazil, and at Manchester City he drops out to you know out wide. Let's other attacking midfielders, other forwards get the goals. And so, is there anything that? that screams out to you from this sort of screen here that you think, yeah, do you know what? That's either a, a big area of strength or that's an area of concern. No, again, I mean, it's a, it's slightly what we were talking about that he's, he's not that prolific in front of goal. If you look at those shooting statistics, but on it, almost every other aspect, he's, he's a really great player. He gets involved. He creates chances. He's good at carrying the ball. You know, he's strong. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just, at Arsenal, I, I, I'm struggling. Where would you play him? Where where would he fit in to that team? And that's what, 
it slightly concerns me about him. The reason he would go to Arsenal would be because he wants to play more. He might be worried about not going to the World Cup. His place is in jeopardy at the moment in the Brazil team. Uh, at City, he's in and out of the team. But I can only see him at Arsenal as a sort of another option as well. You know, who's he going to take out of the team? Well, you'd think that Arteta would probably, if he can't land his main centre forward that you and I talked about at the start of the feature, you'd probably think that Gabby Jesus would play up front. And we've seen glimpses, certainly in the last few games that City have played. I think he scored four in one game, didn't he? Uh, just the I, other I just, weekend. I would just be so surprised that that's what he wants because he, he's been so clear whenever I've spoken to him that he prefers to play as a out wide. So would he then choose to come to a club where he has to be the striker? Again, the main, like what happened when he went to City at the beginning, sort of starting. I, I would be, I'm just a bit surprised by that. Yeah, do you know what? And, and the more we talk about it, um, there is sort of room for doubt as to whether he is the right person and what sort of position he's going to play. So no, I, I understand that. Let's take a look at some of his sort of shot maps and key passes and sort of assist maps. So this is where he's taking shots from on screen. You can see there as well. The yellow circles, unfortunately, it's a week out of date. So there should be some more sort of yellow dots on there. But th those are the goals that he scored. The bigger the circle, the higher the XG. He's got double digits goals this season. So apologies once again. These, the, the, these slides were prepared just over a week ago. His deep pass completions, you can see the arrows are coming in from the right into the left or into the penalty area. So he likes to drift out to the right. You talk about the uncertainty over position and where he might play. Bukayo Saka currently playing as our right-sided player. So there's a bit of a conundrum. And his shot assist map, again, you can see passes and key passes going into the box from that right-hand side, which is very much where he likes to play. And actually, this is further reinforced if you look at the heat maps that are coming up. And this is the, this is the key stuff. This first chart, Joao, shows open play passes received. The little blue dots are where he's picking up the ball all over the pitch. And you talked about his work rate and one of the reasons why he maybe kept Sergio Aguero out of the team for short spells because he was just getting around the pitch. And you can see that there's that cluster of deep red on that right-hand side. So very much right-sided, again, falling in line with what you were saying about when you interviewed him. When he's receiving progressive passes, the second chart, it shows you that he, he loves to receive the ball in the final third, again, to the right side of the penalty area. So immediately I'm thinking... How is Arteta going to manage that? You know, Bukayo Saka is an established right-sided player. He's probably been our best player this season. And then you're signing someone who's going to almost sort of threaten that. Now, unless he's got plans to move Saka across, or maybe Arteta will play Gambi Jesus up front, I'm not entirely sure. Um, when you look at the maps here and the concentration of his sort of positioning, you know, it further reinforces what you were saying about the interactions you've had with him. He prefers to be out wide. He works out wide. That's where City have deployed him. So I take it you'd be surprised if Arsenal were to bring him in and play him at number nine. I mean, clearly you can see he loves that right-hand side. Yeah, I, I would be really surprised. Uh, and I, I'd i be surprised as well that he would want to do that. But from Arsenal's perspective, if he is available at a good price, um, I don't know, 30, 40 million, I'd say is a good price for a player like that. Because it, obviously that will be a slightly reduced price at the last end of the contract, last year of the contract. Um, I think it's a good signing again, and he and he can do that forward, and, and maybe he can. They can sort of swap around and have the sort of uh, city style false nines, and and you know, obviously Arteta has something in mind. I, I think there are conversations going on with with Gabriel's representatives, and 
he's definitely thinking about it. He's interested. But like you're saying, it, he, I see him more as a wide player. Um, I don't see him coming in and being the number nine, like instead of Lacazette and Ketcher. And, and you can see here, this illustrates it perfectly. Uh, but he's great at receiving the ball, cutting inside, um, you know, running up and down that flank as well. And re I think Guardiola even said he was he's the best forward that in terms of pressing and winning the ball back. It's amazing how much you know how good he is at actually intercepting balls, tackling, running back. It's really impressive. Uh, so he would be great for that and a great addition to the squad. But again, I can't see him being uh, the number nine. It's not where he prefers. And he hasn't been that effective when he has been deployed in that position. But Arteta, I think he knows a bit more <laughs> about what he's doing than me. And, well, and he also obviously worked with Gabriel a lot because he was at Manchester City with him. Well, do you know what? That was one of the things that I sort of tweeted recently, just sort of saying that, do you know what? If, if Mikel Arteta is in charge of recruiting these players, if he were to go for Gabriel Jesus, we'd have to back it because he knows this player inside out. He spent, you know, every day of the week on the training ground with him for a number of years under, under Pep, of course, at, at City, sort of really getting to know the player. He knows his strengths. He knows his weaknesses. He knows what he's going to bring to this squad. And so if that was the case, I would totally back it. A couple of questions before we move on from this and sort of conclude your sort of thoughts um, as to whether, whether we'll get him or not. We talked about, you've talked about his work rate and how hard he presses and how, you know, up and down the pitch he goes. And you can see that from the defensive ground duels that he wins along that right-hand side. Um, that's obviously a big strength of his. Um, what would you say are the areas of development for him, Joao? Like, um, he, he he's decent in the air for, for a short guy. He does score a lot of headed goals, but that's perhaps down to more pinpoint passing from some of his City colleagues. But are there aspects of his game that you'd think he really needs to improve? I mean, you've mentioned he's not a killer striker, so perhaps not as effective or as clinical up front as he could be. But any other aspects? I think he's a very rounded player. He's really strong. He's fast. He's skillful. He can dribble. He can take players on. Uh, he's good at linking up with other players. He can hold the ball up. Uh, it, tactically, he's you know he's really good. He's been working with Guardiola all this time. He's so experienced for a young age. He's been to the World Cup as the main striker for Brazil, even though it didn't work out so well. He's had that experience. He won the Olympics for Brazil, playing with Neymar um, in the Olympics in Rio. Uh, you know, so he's been Premier League champion, playing Champions League. So you, you might, this is the sort of player you're, you're getting at, at the height of his powers for that age. Uh, but yeah, I think if he can improve his finishing, he's not bad. Obviously, he's he's pretty good. But when you, if you watch him, there are moments where you think I don't know a, a different striker maybe would have scored that, like on a one-on-one. -on -one. But I th he is improved. He seems to be a bit more composed now in front of the goal. Whereas before, he sometimes would maybe make the wrong decision or try and sh get the ball shot, get a shot in too quickly. He does seem to be to be improving, but I, I still think he, he that's the main area. If he could just improve his finishing, um, be a little bit more decisive, he would be killer. But yeah, I think... Well, you know, imagine, say we get rid of Pepe, for example. Um, 
what a great sort of change for me to have him instead. But do you know yeah. that's a really good point. It's not just about Nico Pepe, but of course, if if I'm just thinking, if Gabby Jesus was in the team for the games that we've just played over the last, let's say, two three months, I think he's an immediate upgrade on Inketia. I think he's an immediate upgrade on Lacazette. Um, for, for all the effort that Lacazette's put in in his time at Arsenal. I think he's an immediate upgrade on Pepe, who's obviously just fallen out of favour uh, with, with Mikel. So for those reasons alone, that £30 million mark deal that you kind of refer to seems a really sensible one. But I'm getting the impression that whilst you think he would be a useful addition to the squad, while you're not doubting his talent and, of course, his profile, his experience, the fact that he's won things both at club level and he's, and he's established himself in the, in the international scene, you think that there are probably there is probably a need for a for a, a better more clinical sort of target man talisman up front and and i think if gabby jesus was going to be one of two then i'd be a very very happy boy um i want to close on joao asking you about his temperament um one of the things that i've noticed when i watch him play for for city is that he can be quite emotional and i don't know if that's down to maturity uh, i read a famous story of him once getting sent off for kicking a steward in a game in brazil uh, there are various images of him, you know, in tears on the pitch because things just don't go his way or because he's lost the final. I know that's a, that's a very natural thing. But is he a very much sort of heart on his sleeve, very emotional? Has he got some growing up to do in, in that sort of aspect? I think, yes, he's very emotional. Uh, he, he, But I think it's not, it's more of a problem within himself and, and how it affects him emotionally. But I don't see it being a big problem on the pitch. You mentioned there something about kicking a stew. I don't, I don't remember that. It's possible that it happened, but this this would be a long, long time ago. Yeah. Although he's very emotional, uh, I don't see him lashing out or being particularly violent or unprofessional. Um, I see him as... A, very, very committed and, and professional player. He is very harsh on himself. So when he doesn't get a goal or, or missed a couple of chances, he will be really upset about that and criticise himself. And, and it, it seems to get to him a bit, that his, his performances, um, which I think is not a bad thing. If you're, you know, you come out and you're, you want to do better. You want to improve. And he, and he works hard for that. So he's not the kind of player that gets silly yellow cards or gets sent off often. You know, he's not, for example, Richarlison is almost another Brazilian striker who's very emotional and wears his heart on his sleeves. He's a bit more volatile. He sort of will lash out or get yellow cards or, or, or fight with someone or criticise the ref. Gabriel Jesus is very emotional, but it's more of an internal thing. I don't see him compromising the team, like getting sent off or, or, or something like that. But there's definitely something there that he could work on to become more stable emotionally, perhaps. That could be good for him. Yeah, I mean, look, you never want to see passion taken away from a player and I think there is a difference between passion but also just reacting in the moment and yeah the, the story that I, I read uh, courtesy of Life Blogger is that there was an incident with a steward once but it was many 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 years ago um, I think if you were to come to Arsenal uh, obviously he's, he'd be in the comfort of having Edu as a Brazilian sort of in the background Mikel who's worked with him as a coach for a number of years 
we've got fellow Brazilians in the team who have also got Gabriel in their name. So Gabriel, obviously our centre back, Gabriel Martinelli. Um, that would be weird. Isn't it? That's a good pub question. How many? Gab- you know, when was the last time you had uh, three Gabriels in an Arsenal starting lineup? But. But look, you know, acclimatization, I, I guess, you know, the fact that he's proven in England, he's acclimatized to this continent, to this cold country, particularly in the north. You know, Arsenal would be a big pull. London is a big city. And I think having fellow Brazilians sort of in the team, in and around the club, having legends like Gilberto Silva and Edu more increasingly sort of, you know, around the place is is and can only be a good thing. I suppose in conclusion... Um, it feels like you're drawn to him as a player. You know that he's quite talented. There are one or two things that he can work on, you know, becoming more clinical, maybe maturing and being more in control of his sort of emotions and and sort of passion um, and making better decisions. You mentioned that, you know, going through sort of one-on-ones, taking the shot earlier. But overall, it would be a good signing, a good addition to the squad. Is Is that how you're feeling? Yeah, I think you summed it up pretty well I don't think if Arsenal fans are thinking like we need that number nine and and everyone's excited about Gabriel Jesus at the moment because he's been banging in some goals scored hat-trick against Watford and he's he's you know he's scored six in his last three games or something but I I don't see him as that striker um I, I, and I and I'm sure that's that's not what Arteta would have in mind he must have a, another play. maybe sometime as a versatile attacking player that can do that, but I think Arsenal would be bringing in someone else. I'm pretty sure that that would be part of their plan. It would be Gabriel, and you know, um, and, and if that's the case, I think that would be a great signing. Like you said, there's no doubt about fitting in. You know, he's worked with Arteta. Arteta knows him very well. He knows Arteta. He's played in the Premier League for years now. He's a champion. Um, he's worked with Guardiola. He has worked with Edu for a long time in the Brazil team when Edu was the technical director of, of the national team. So he he's acclimatised, yeah. I mean, London is... If you're moving to London from Manchester, you're, you're only improving slightly the weather, aren't you? So that, that, that's not a problem. But no, he's a really professional guy. He's really driven. He works really hard in training. He's not the kind of Brazilian, like, go, you know, going out, wants to party, like Neymar style. You know, he's not bothered with all that. He's recently had a baby. He's so settled down. You know, he's um, speaking English. So he's got all the attributes to do really well and be a really successful player in the Premier League. And I think he would fit in well at, in the Arsenal style of play. Great signing for Arsenal. But for me, not, not the number nine not the, 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 that main striker, but maybe, who knows, maybe I'm wrong. Well, there you have it, ladies and gents. That is a very, very insightful analysis as to Gabby Jesus and where he might fit into this Arsenal team. Let me know in the comments below as to whether you think he'd be a good addition to this Arsenal side, where you'd expect him to play and who he might be a threat to in our current attacking forward options. Drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new. Joao, may I thank you very much for your insight. It's been a real pleasure. Hopefully have you on again at some point in the season. Yeah, definitely. It's a pleasure. Um, I'll be happy to come back. Nice to see you again. And you too, my friend. It's been a long time. The last time we met, for anybody who's unfamiliar, Joao and I met when Dennis Bergkamp's statue was being built outside the Emirates Stadium. We did a quick interview for ESPN Brazil. But Joao, thank you. Uh, For anybody who wants to follow Joao, he is J underscore Castello Branco on Twitter. There will be a direct link to his Twitter in the description below. So on we go. Gabby Jesus, could he be the one? We will find out. It's only a matter of time. Until next time, goodbye for now.